So Emily, you may recall that many months ago, you sent me a text or something of the sort that said Keely, probably in all caps, you need to look up human design. And just the name of it alone, I was like, I'm not ready. (laughs) Well, I I sent you that text after not even reading anything about it. I literally had just like pulled up my chart. And just by looking at like the graphic, I was like, before I go any further, like I saw all the little astrology glyphs on the side Mm -hmm. and then all the color and the chakras. And I was like, Really? I-, I need you. I need you with me in this. <laughs> this is looking like a lot. And um, I think I like Googled it, like the definition. And I was like, no, I can go no further. And then, you know, a couple weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago, I did end up pulling up my chart and I had the exact same reaction. And I was like, I'm not ready to take the <laughs> leap. Like astrology is a very I'm very at home there right now. I don't want to like venture off into a new land. And um, basically all this to say today is that day we are taking the leap. We have done a little bit of research, but. Mostly like emotional prep. Yeah, we're mostly, we've mostly (laughs) been prepping ourselves for this new chapter. Um, We're very excited. Welcome to the fifth element. A podcast for people seeking intimate connection with their innermost self through holistic healing, cosmic consciousness, and radical rebirth. We hope each episode is an opportunity for listeners to join the collective journey towards intuition and integration. So we have Elise Preston today with us on the pod. Um, someone that can really help hold our hands and guide us through this um, experience of discovering a whole other system <laughs> of learning about ourselves. So Elise, welcome and thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. Yes, thank you so much for this invitation. And honestly, one of my favorite things is being able to break down human design into you know, some tangible um, clarifying bits of wisdom and information that people can really apply in their lives. Mm. So I'm hoping that this conversation will feel supportive and really um, set you both at ease because I know it it is a bit intimidating on first take. <laughs> we're also very dramatic, but yes, <laughs> we're like seriously having troubles over here. Oh my gosh. I already feel more at ease. You have such amazing energy. I'm ready to jump in. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about you, maybe um, anything that feels pertinent to telling us like how you got to this place in your life where you're this human design guru. Sure thing. Well, thank you again for this invitation. I'm really excited to be here with you all. And um, one of my favorite things is being able to geek out on all things spiritual, especially mm-hmm. with folks who are really rooted in their own astrology, spirituality, um, personal development practice. So just excited to be here. Um, and for me, my kind of entry point into teaching and coaching was actually through yoga. And so um, my background is that I kind of started my career after college in the nonprofit and youth development space. And, um, you know, spent a number of years kind of hopping around to different nonprofit organizations. And on the one hand, like had the opportunity to connect with some really great community members and 
um, be a part of projects that I was really inspired by and really proud of, but also worked within organizations where um, there didn't seem to be a strong connection between the priorities of the executive level level leadership and the boards and the communities that we were working in. And I started to feel, you know, just a lot of tension and conflict between the work that I was doing and my own personal values. And I was also just burnt out and exhausted all the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so um, for me, yoga teacher training was um, a really transformational, like 10 month experience for me, because it gave me the opportunity to, you know, every week, have time that was set aside and dedicated to my own learning and growth and personal development. And it really gave me a lot of tools to start to see myself as a teacher and um, be surrounded by really supportive community and mentors. And so from that experience, that's when I started teaching some community yoga classes and even hosting more like informal um, self-care Saturday events and um, full moon and new moon circles for my friends. Um, and it was also during that season of my life that I was just doing a lot of spiritual exploration, exploration, getting deeper into my own um, astrology and um, human design was something that just kind of, it, it popped up multiple times. And for me, um, an aspect of my own connection with signs and synchronicities and intuition is like, if something pops up for me three times, mm -hmm. that's a sign for me to like really listen in and be like, okay, let, let me take a closer look at this. <laughs> um, and human design was one of those things for me. And once I started diving deeper into the system and unpacking my own chart, there was just such a deep level of resonance that I've never felt with any other system before. And I just became yeah, extremely obsessed <laughs> <laughs> with understanding all of the aspects of my personal design. Um, and as I started sharing it with friends and family, I was receiving similar feedback. Um, and so in addition to, you know, teaching and sharing yoga, um, after doing some deeper studying, and I also did um, a teacher training uh, or a reader training <laughs> with a human design expert named Jenna Zoe. Um, I started incorporating human design readings first mm -hmm. into my work um, and then expanding more into um, coaching, incorporating um, aligning more of our life and our work and relationships centered around our authentic design. Mm, wow. <laughs> I'm like starstruck and we've yes, just met. This is so, <laughs> <laughs> so sweet. So amazing. Yeah. If you want to just give a little um, explanation of what is human design, where did it come from? What does yeah. it do? Yeah. Sure thing. So human design is, is a relatively like new spiritual system on the planet. It was only, you know, founded, channeled um, onto the planet in 1987. Oh, wow. And so it's actually a combination of like a number of different um, ancient wisdom traditions and some modern science like sprinkled in. And so it's a combination of the Hindu chakra system, the Chinese I Ching, 
the tree of life in Kabbalah and astrology. Um, but it also factors in like a little bit of quantum physics, quantum genetics. <laughs> um, and so <laughs> when we are pulling up our human design chart, we really, the only information that we need is the same information that we need to pull up our natal birth chart in astrology. So it's, you know, date of birth, exact time of birth, location of birth. Um, but the distinction, or I guess the differentiation is that our birth chart in astrology is a snapshot of the sky at the moment that we were born. And it gives us a lot of beautiful wisdom and information based on the planetary placements and kind of like the archetypes, um, the symbols, the relationships between the planets and what they reflect about our soul um, at the time that it incarnated into the planet. Um, on the other hand, our human design chart, um, when we put in that data, like put in that information into the human design software, what we receive back is what's called our body graph. And I know you guys are kind of describing that experience of, you know, your first take <laughs> at your body graph. And it essentially looks like um, an outline or like a silhouette of a human form. And you can see nine different energy centers that are contained within your chart, um, different channels and gates of activation connecting those different energy centers. Um, you'll see those glyphs as you described that have to do with how the aspects of astrology are like woven into our human design. Um, and I was like, what are those other visual elements that you see? <laughs> you see like some arrows also mm -hmm. around the head. Um, and all of the information that's contained there is a reflection of the fact that human design is really rooted in the philosophy, um, the ideology that as a result of being a human on the planet right now, each and every one of us carries with us a soul. And in addition to having a physical body that we can feel and we can see, we also carry an energy body that is unseen, but that exists around us, about three to six feet around us in all directions. And so as we are moving through the world, we are having really deep, profound, energetic experiences with other people, with our environment. Um, and human design really gives us clear language and tools to start to talk about and understand the energy within us and around us so that we can create more harmony, more flow, um, and reduce like the, the resistance and tension that we experience um, in our lives. I'm in. Sounds great. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, sign me up. What was I afraid of? Let's go. Um, wow. Okay, so I think maybe I'll pause here and encourage people just to pull up a chart as we keep going, just so you have an idea, because like mm -hmm. I never could have dreamt this image up in my mind. I'm looking at mine here on the side of my screen. And um, yeah, so I would say maybe if you're a little lost or you're like, what's going on, pull up any human design chart, but yours would be great too, um, just to kind of get a feel of what it looks like, because it is complex and you'll know why Emily and I were freaking out. But um, <laughs> I love this idea of like this, uh, the energetic body. We talk a lot on the podcast about, um, you know, somatic awareness and being mm. in touch with your body and, um, you know, your intuition and these things, but this layer of 
energy adds this other dimension to like our physical emotional spiritual energetic form right so it's putting us into this whole new dimension that maybe we didn't we can't fathom um just like with our with the average mind right or it's not something that people are walking around talking about unless you like have a community that does that goals um (laughs) but yeah so I guess like what is the best way like how is this information useful what can people use human design for in like an applicable way in their daily life yes I love this question and so because there are so many different layers to each and every chart, usually the best place to be able to start um, is talking about energy type. And so I can kind of run through a quick description of each of the five energy types within human design, um, which give us really powerful information about how we are best designed to apply our energy and have yeah, the most healthy energy exchanges with other people. Um, but then sinking deeper. So our, our energy type tells us a lot of really great information about our aura, our energy body at its broadest level. Um, but then as you sink deeper into um, some of the more nuanced layers of our design, that's where things start to become even more individualized um, because Human design is also sometimes called the science of differentiation. And that's because um, essentially it's really rooted in this idea that there's, you know, seven, over 7 billion different people on the planet. And we all have a really unique vibration and energy and frequency. And when we start to come into greater alignment with who we are at a soul level and start moving through the world in the most authentic ways, that's how we actually create the most fulfilling relationships. That's how we have the most impact. That's how we are able to call in and attract the most abundance um, because the universe can show up and support us um, most fully when we are vibrating at a frequency that's authentic to us. Um, When we're operating in ways where we are like heavily conditioned by the outside world and taking on a lot of imprintation or wearing a lot of masks, it kind of creates these mixed signals that we're sending out to the universe. And it creates this kind of disharmony and dissonance so that the universe doesn't know what to send us or how to support us um, as we're moving towards what's next for us. Mm. Um, And so it is really about supporting yourself and coming into greater harmony with you've always known yourself to be like who you are at that core level. Um, but starting at the broadest category, starting with our, the five different energy types, um, we have manifestors, generators, manifesting generators, projectors, and reflectors. And so each of these energy types exist in um, different quantities on the planet. And each of these different energy types have a really powerful energetic contribution to share with the world. And when we are actually offering that um, kind of energetic contribution that's in alignment for us, it allows us to feel most on purpose and feel most fulfilled, but it also allows other people to really benefit from being able to receive that kind of unique medicine that only we have. Mm -hmm. Um, And so manifestors, 
they're about 10% of the population. And kind of like the keywords um, that are associated with manifestors are words like trailblazer, fire starter, initiator. Um, manifestors are the folks, they're actually the only energy type on the planet that are designed to initiate, who are here to really act upon their own internal urges and to not have to wait for any um, kinds of externalized kinds of like supports to initiate things. Mm -hmm. um, but essentially for all manifestors, they're Energetic contribution is about being bold, being visionary, um, starting movements, really, um, yeah, getting things initiated and started for the rest of us. And for each energy type, there's a specific strategy that the energy type um, carries um, to support them with having more of a um, aligned and nourishing energetic exchange with other people in the world around them. And for manifestors, their strategy is to inform. And so essentially what that means is because manifestors are really big and bold and visionary, their actions inherently have a really big influence on the other people around them. And so it's really important for them to just give other people a heads up and let them know about the decisions that they're going to make and the actions that they're going to take so that those other people don't feel blindsided or feel um, as though manifestors or are taking these big actions without um, acknowledging the impact that it has on others. So manifestors are really designed to initiate, to start things. Um, and so informing is not about asking others for permission um, or asking other people to like give them approval or validation. It's simply informing for the sake of letting people know and giving them a heads up. That's really important for their process. Um, for each energy type, there's also a signature, which is kind of like what your energy type craves um, to feel in their experience. And then also a not self theme. So kind of the negative emotion that will come up most consistently if you're operating a bit outside of your design. Um, and the signature for all manifestors is peace. Manifestors really want to be able to do what they want when they want and have a lot of freedom and autonomy. Um, and um, their not self theme is anger. And so anger is the most the emotion that will come up most consistently uh, for manifestors. If they feel like they don't have freedom and autonomy and don't feel like they can do what they want to do when they want to do it, or feel like they can be having um, kind of that bold visionary impact. Then we have generators and manifesting generators. And so there's a lot of similarities between these two types, but also some key distinctions and variations between them. Um, so pure generators, uh, they're really here to be our energizers. Um, they all generators and manifesting generators have their second um, energy center within their chart colored in and defined. That's our sacral center. So it, for those who are familiar with the chakra system, it's somewhat similar to the chakra system um, in the Hindu tradition as it talks about like creativity and desire, but the chakra, the sacral center, within human design 
is also really connected to life force energy, vital energy. Um, and so generators and manifesting generators in their um, connection with their design, it's really important for them to tune in to their sacral center and start to build a really strong relationship there so that they understand what it feels like for them to be lit up from their, sometimes the sacral is kind of like associated with the gut, um, to be really lit up on a gut level. Because for them, their strategy is all about tuning in to their sacral response. And so for a generator, if something genuinely and authentically lights them up, that is an indication that something is correct for them, that they have energy for it, and that it's something that will help them with kind of unfolding their purpose and literally being able to generate and create energy from their sacral center. That's where the name of um, generator and manifesting generator come from, is that they're energy creators. And really their biggest contribution to the rest of us is that we get to receive um, and be a participant in um, tapping into some of their energetic overflow. So they're really um, the beings who are here to help us in the process of creation and doing and building and um, the other energy types, manifestors, projectors, and reflectors, we don't have our sacral center colored in and defined. So our access to that vital life force energy is just more inconsistent. Um, and so I'll kind of touch on this more too, like throughout the description of each of the types, but there's something really special that all of us contribute to the collective, to the whole. Um, and when we're all operating more in alignment with our design, it's really supportive for all of us in terms of our expansion and our creation and our up-leveling. Um, so for generators and manifesting generators, it's really important to be tuning into their sacral center, getting a clear understanding of what that lit up feeling is inside of them. Because when they're aligning their life and making decisions based on what is genuinely and authentically lighting them up, that is what allows them to be energized for themselves and create energy for others. But if they are saying yes to a lot of things that are authentically no's for them, or if they're saying no to things that are yes, that light them up and excite them, it actually creates a bit of blockage and unsupportive energy within their sacral center and prevents them from being able to generate energy in the way that their body is naturally intended to. And so sometimes that can lead to gut issues. It can also just lead to being depleted and not having the full energy stores that they really need to, to fulfill their purpose. Um, and so for generators and manifesting generators, the kind of um, key thing for them to be thinking about in terms of their um, signature and their not self theme, their signature is all about satisfaction and um, that doesn't necessarily mean in like a super luxurious way, but it really just means being able to be tuned in to all five of their senses and being able to feel like they're connected in with life and the present moment. 
that they're able to really know what things light them up and that they're able to feel that pleasure and joy and satisfaction just from living in the world in a way that feels juicy and exciting and lights them up. Um, and the not self theme for manifesting generators and for generators is frustration. And what that means is it, it actually um, really ties into the energetics around not being able to tap into their energy or turn on their energy. It feels like stuckness. That, that frustration feels like trapped energy, not being able to generate um, because of that misaligned relationship between their gut, their sacral desires, what their soul is really urging them towards and what they're actually doing, what they're actually making time for in their life. And when those things aren't aligned, that's what creates the not self theme of, of frustration. Um, one of the key things that really um, creates a distinction between gen pure generators and then manifesting generators is that pure generators can often feel pretty fulfilled, um, like pursuing one project or um, niche or area of life at a time and kind of pursuing something more to the point of mastery. Um, not to say that manifesting generators will just do one thing for their whole life necessarily, but there will be like seasons and cycles of focusing more in one area and then the next, and that will feel, that'll feel good for them. That'll feel aligned for them. Manifesting generators are here to be our jack of all trades, multi-passionate, multi-hyphenate beings. Um, and for them, they're actually gonna feel more focused, more aligned, more energized when they have many different buckets that um, they're able to place their energy and their attention in and um, giving themselves permission to really wear a lot of different hats in their life, but making sure that all of those hats are things that they've chosen for themselves and that there are things that genuinely and authentically light them up. Um, because if not, that's not gonna allow them to create that energy that they need and that they desire. Um, but one of the trickier things about being a manifesting generator is that we are usually told in our broader culture that you know you should have a very linear and logical life path, that you need to be able to kind of spell things out in an ABC order and have it make sense to other people. And for manifesting generators, they have a very non-linear path. And for them, it's really not important to pursue things necessarily to the point of mastery. For them, it's all about being able to pick up and play and create and explore and dabble and learn what they need to learn from something for as long as it lights them up. And when it no longer lights them up anymore, releasing it and letting it go and creating space for the next aligned opportunity to come in. Um, because for them, it's not about having a super linear and logical path, it's more about creating this diverse body of work that connects into who you are and what lights you up. Um, then we have projectors and projectors are about 20%. Oh, I forgot to say generators and manifesting generators. There's about like 33% of the population for each of those. So when they come together, they create over like 75% of the population. Um, and then we have projectors and projectors are about 20% of the population. And their energetic contribution is really about being guides and teachers and way showers. And 
they have a really clear ability to see into other people and see into systems and give us a lot of information about how to tweak and modify and adjust and upgrade and up-level things and create more efficiency. Um, and their strategy is really um, connected to having others recognize and invite them in to share their guidance and wisdom. So one of the things that I always feel like it's important to note for projectors, um, because their strategy is, it's called like to wait for an invitation. Um, it sometimes feels as if it's something that's kind of passive and like you are putting um, your experiences or your opportunities into other people's hands. But I think it's really important to have kind of a reframe around that because it's really not passive at all. It's important that as a projector, you take an active role in how you are relating to that strategy. And so, and also just knowing that you will have so much more of a positive outcome if you relate to this strategy a little bit differently. Um, and so because projectors have this ability to really see into other people, see into systems, understand things in ways that might not be super clear, super apparent to others on first take. Um, they can sometimes get really excited about wanting to offer their advice or offer their guidance or offer their wisdom or tell people what to do. And even if it's coming from, you know, the most kind, thoughtful place, if other people haven't created the space within themselves to receive that advice, receive that feedback, um, or if they're just not ready to hear it, if they just don't know what you're talking about, it, it can fall completely flat. And that person, um, the person might be offended. They might feel like you're judging them or trying to tell them what to do, or they might just completely not understand what you're saying and it'll just go over their head. And in either of those situations, that feels really disappointing for a projector. Um, and it feels almost like a sense of rejection because the energetic experience that they want to have and that they want to create in their life is that they see something with their projector seeing gifts. Um, another person invites them in to offer their advice. They share the advice and the person implements it and experiences more efficiency or more success in their life. Um, and so what's kind of tricky for or what can be tricky for projectors in this dynamic is that projectors have no say over who they give guidance and support and wisdom to. They have to be able to be open to and perceptive to who is recognizing their seeing gifts and who is inviting them in to share them. Because when they do that, that helps them to avoid the rejection um, and be able to have really positive energy exchanges when they're sharing their, their wisdom. Um, and the reason why I said this is is more of an active path, uh, process and not a passive process is because projectors can really help their invitations to come faster if they are one, really seeing and recognizing themselves first, allowing themselves to really geek out and study and learn and become super wise in the places where they know that they see things differently and that they have a lot of teachings and wisdom to share. And then 
also, it's really important that they make themselves visible. People can't invite you in or ask you for guidance and wisdom if they don't know that you exist. And so those are really two key places to be focusing. Um, projectors, not self theme is bitterness. And that's that experience of people feeling, you know, judged or people just ha um, having that advice go right over their head. Projectors will feel, feel bitter <laughs> um, if that's something that's happening consistently. And then the signature for projectors is actually success. And what that looks like is that other person having a really successful integration of the wisdom that you shared. Um, but also for projectors, if they are operating in alignment with their design, they will be someone who's a really sought after um, guide and teacher and way shower and that feels successful. Um, and then last but not least, we have reflectors and reflectors are super, super rare. They're only about 1% of the population and they are, yeah, just so different, so unique, super magical. Um, actually, when you're looking at a reflector's human design chart, when you're looking at their body graph, they're the only energy type of the five types that don't have any of their nine energy centers colored in. They have so much openness and so oh, much lightness. I know, I got chills. And so they definitely, they still have gates of activation. So you'll see some of the little red and black lines activated, but you can only have an energy center colored in if you have two gates coming together to create a full channel. And that channel activates two energy centers on opposite ends of them. And so reflectors don't have that. And so as a result, they have so much openness, so much whiteness within their chart. They are the most energetically sensitive, the most empathic, the, and it allows them to be really, really deeply wise. And it allows them to take in and absorb energy and information at such a deep, profound level that like none of the other energy types can even relate to at all. It's such a really powerful and unique experience. And that's because their energetic contribution is to be able to reflect and reveal and mirror what is happening in the collective, you know, for all of us. And um, it, one of the things that can be tricky <laughs> as a reflector is being able to really come home to yourself and understand who you are outside of all of the energetic influences that you're taking in and experiencing as you move through the world. So it is energetically aligned as a reflector to be able to absorb and take in and sample all of these different energies and be able to reflect them back to people and be really wise and share your wisdom in ways that are so deep and so profound and so spot on um, that it can be really transformational for the collective. But it's not aligned for reflectors to hold on to all of that energy as if it's their own and carry it with them all of the time. So for all of us, rest is important. For all of us, energetic hygiene is important. But for reflectors, it's like that times 100. <laughs> They're definitely the energy type that needs the most rest, that needs the most time in their own energy outside of the energy of other people, because anytime we're within six feet of another person, we're in contact with their aura and like absorbing their energy. Um, so they need a lot of alone time. And they also um, 
it, they really benefit from having different energy clearing practices. So whether that's like salt baths or being in nature or Reiki, like all of those things to really help them clear um, unsupportive energy or just energy that's not theirs. And um, for them, their signature is surprise. So they really love to be able to be like surprised and delighted by life. Um, their environment is so, so influential and so impactful for them because they're so open and so energetically sensitive. So being able to um, really curate an environment that feels good for them and also be able to kind of like mix it up and try new things and be around different people and be in different places um, is something that can be supportive as a reflector. Um, and so just kind of like summing up those different pieces, essentially within the system of human design, it kind of speaks to this idea that in an optimal kind of relationship with each other, or, you know, as we move through the world, manifestors would be the ones that would get things started for us. They'd be like our initiators and our trailblazers. Generators and manifesting generators would provide the energy for us to really be doing the doing and, and creating and making things. Projectors would be the guides to help us create more efficiency and tweak and modify and refine. And reflectors are here to really be able to help us to understand the consequences and the impacts of what we've created and be able to see into and reflect and reveal um, what we've learned and how we can continue to grow and do better. Mm. Wow. When you were talking about reflectors, I got this little like vision of like this little baby reflector trying to go through this life. Like this be so hard. I mean, just like I'm, I was just picturing like an elementary school and they're like that kid that needs, to, you know, needs to be alone. And like, wow, yes. it's, it's really yeah. tricky just for, I guess, like some context. Michael Jackson was a reflector. And so in, in his life, like you can see wow. through his music, how right. powerfully he was able to reflect and reveal so much mm. about our collective consciousness and how his music is so timeless and um, resonates with all different kinds of people all over the world. Right. Um, but then also in his own personal experience, struggled so much with his own identity. Like oh it was just gosh, something that yeah. was wow. so incredibly complex for him. So yeah. Yeah, it's kind of cool because a lot of celebrities, like they just have their birth time and date and information on the internet. So you can just right. plug in a chart. <laughs> but... Oh, we do often. <laughs> yeah. I remember I only know of one like reflector <clears throat> who's like stated that they're like a reflector. I'm sure I've come across others. But um, and I remember being like, as soon as she said it, I was like, oh my gosh, it's like I, you would have thought like I saw a unicorn in the wild or something. I was like, oh my gosh, she's one of them. One of the I 1%. I feel the same. I'm like, oh my gosh. Anytime I do a workshop or um, just connect with people in my Facebook group, because I think now the Facebook group has like 400 people in it and there's like five reflectors. Wow. <laughs> They're just so rare. Wow. That's wow. amazing. Yeah. Haley and I are both generators. So when you were, Love yeah, it. when you were talking about that, I, when you're talking about the gut, I had gut issues from like, and I'm talking like horrible gut issues from like oh age 11 to like 18 when I started like living on my own and like doing my own thing. Right. And then like could literally feel like the life force coming back 
into me. And uh, when you're talking about like stuckness and yeah, just, it, it was funny because when you were talking about manifestors first, I was like, okay, I can see some of that. Um, but then when you're talking about gener- generators, like my whole body, like I was like, yes, Selfish. this is yeah. yeah, authentic. So it was really, wow. wow, such a great overview and so informative. Thank you. Yeah. yeah oh my gosh. Well, and when you were talking about the gut issues and like the gut responses and stuff, and I'm thinking like, this is like 75% of the population. Mm-hmm. And Emily and I talk about gut health all the time and how important it is, but like on like a physiological level, but like energetically, that's also at play. And so if this is most of the population and your guts are quaking and like, how are you ever going to be able to step into your power and like oh gosh, your intuition yeah. if you're not, that's not in your consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The wow. microbiome is just like disintegrating and mm-hmm. yeah. then those are the people that need to show us the need to give us the energy. And I'm, and I'm thinking of how many people I know that like have, yeah, just normalized gut issues of like, yeah, I poop every two days or whatever, you know, just any, or so many food sensitivities or just their energy, the, the brain fog, all of those issues that we know are gut, are but connected to the gut. Yeah. Right. And wow. So that's, that's wild. And it's kind of interesting. The, so the founder of human design, Ra Uruhu, he talked a lot about generators and said that like, even if we were just able to, um, tap into the magic of generators being connected with their gut and like being connected with their energy and like none of the energy type, none of the other energy types even knew about their design it would still change the entire planet you know wow. like just because of wow. the sheer number of generators and the profound impact of being able to have more of that shared life force energy spread around the planet mm. and I'm wow. thinking too like how one size fits all our society is and how you know, if you are a generator that happens, like I loved school and I loved being in school. And so that was like a place where my energy was like up and I was responded to, but gosh, that's probably not the majority of people. And so how, how many people are we for, how many generators are we forcing to put their energy into one thing that is not lighting them up? And then they just go through life. Like so sad. (laughs) Wow. 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 Well, and speaking cool. of one size fits all. So just like, you know, the astrological archetypes and the Enneagram types that we've talked about before on the pod, you know, just because yes. Emily and I are both generators, like our um, body graphs are totally unique to us, right? Like our gates and which energy centers are colored in and the numbers and things like that. And um, I'm even curious to know. So Emily's a sacral generator and I'm an emotional mm. solar plexus generator. Yes. So okay. how does that even that affect things. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, I'm so glad you made that point too, about um, acknowledging that even though you're both generators, your chart and your, your design are going to be very, very different and very, very unique. So as a result of being generators, you both have the, the same strategy, the same not self theme and the same signature. Um, but outside of that, your entire chart can look completely different. And there's so many different elements and components that would be really individualized to you. Um, But transitioning into talking about um, inner authority. So 
our inner authority within our human design chart is really related to decision-making and also intuition. Um, and really the key distinction, because what, we've, what we talked about before when I was introducing the energy types is strategy. That's how you can have the most supportive energy exchange with the world around you, tuning into that strategy for your energy type. Um, and then inner authority is really a guidepost to tell you which energy center to tune into when it comes to making big decisions in your life. And so we've mostly been conditioned like in our Western world that it's so important to always make decisions from our mind, that everything should be super linear and logical and we should make a pro con list and ask other people for their advice and really parse things out. Um, but human design really encourages us to kind of throw all of that away and to really tune into our bodies as a key source of wisdom for decision-making. And it acknowledges that each of us have a specific energy center that we can listen into that will give us that really just clear guidance about how to make the most energetically aligned decisions for us every time. And so as a generator with sacral authority, uh, that can be an orientation that is just a bit more clear and direct. Because if you are a generator who is already tuning into your sacral to help you understand your strategy and how to move through the world, having sacral authority is very, very similar. You just wanna be able to tune in and acknowledge and understand when presented with an opportunity, you know, a decision, a situation, whether something is genuinely and authentically lighting you up from that gut level, from that visceral embodied gut level place. And so for many generators, um, some of the key indicators around that is that sometimes you might actually make an audible um, affirmative sound related to something. So a lot of generators will have like an mm -hmm or an aha kind of sound that they'll make sometimes like when they're when their gut is saying yes to something, you might even feel like physically pulled in the direction of something if it's lighting you up and it feels right. Um, and you also might just have like that internal lit up bubbly juicy sensation of something being right. Like that's um, where generators or manifesting generators that have that sacral authority, that's what they can tune into. Now, emotional authority is a bit different. So if you are a generator with emotional authority, that means you'll be tuning into your sacral response as it relates to your strategy. But when thinking about making big decisions, you're actually going to look to your solar plexus or your emotional center in human design. And I also have, a, I'm a projector with emotional authority and emotional authority is honestly one of the trickier parts of human design that I've like for me personally in my process of like figuring out how to tune into it and how to really uh, understand it and integrate it because emotional authority is actually all about acknowledging that you have your emotional center defined it's it's lit up and colored in in your chart for you you're an emotional being who experiences you know different high highs and low lows in your process. Um, and that's like part of your body's chemistry. And so as a result of knowing that and acknowledging that, making sure that you don't actually let your emotions weigh too heavily 
into your decision-making. So for people who have emotional authority, it's actually really helpful to buy yourself some extra time when making decisions. So instead of feeling like you have to make decisions right away or yeah, like make a quick split decision in the moment, introducing some new phrases and like some new language um, into your conversations and um, being able to offer to people like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for this invitation. Um, would it be okay if I um, slept on this and got back to you tomorrow? Or I'd be able to give you so much more of a clear answer if I could just have 24 hours to think this over. Um, because for you, what can sometimes be challenging is, um, yeah, for people with emotional authority, you might say yes to something on a Friday night, sleep on it, wake up on Saturday and be like, wait, I don't want to do this at all. Like, I actually have no interest in doing this now. <laughs> um, and so instead of finding yourself caught in that conundrum, allowing yourself the experience to sleep on something, to kind of go through the ebbs and flows of your emotion around it. And emotional authority is actually about tuning into when you feel a cool, calm, collected, um, knowing about something that it doesn't actually feel emotional. It just feels like you've kind of landed after some emotional waves and you feel confident about moving forward with your decision from there. Um, and so I think the reason why this has felt kind of tricky for me is like emotions feel like things. And I would think like, oh, if I feel good about something, then, I, then it should be a yes. Um, but it's, it's just like emotional authority is really subtle. It's actually when you feel neutral, when you don't really feel anything, that's where emotional authority comes into play. That's when it's speaking to you is like, yes, make the decision from that neutral place. Um, and so I'm wondering how, how that kind of lands for you guys. And if you have any questions around those authorities. I mean, it lands. <laughs> um, yeah, well, and you know, this is like introducing everyone to human design. So I won't monopolize all of our time just by talking about our personal, um, you know, uh, human designs. But, but I will um, say sacral authority and emotional authority are the two most common for okay. everyone. A lot well, of the other ones are much more rare, like splenic or ego manifested or self-projected, like they're super rare. So these are the big, these are the big two. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot about, it made sense to me when mine said emotional, even though I didn't really know what it meant. I was just like, yeah, that tracks. Um, and I am a cancer rising in astrology. And so Ooh. like water and like emotions are just like things that I am like naturally attuned to and like yeah. express myself through. And so that's why it resonated with me. Um, initially but yeah hearing that response yeah uh, I mean <laughs> your description I'm just like and maybe Emily could speak more objectively but um yeah even right now like in trying to describe it I'm like I know I have a feeling like about I need this. a moment <laughs> I do I, like I know I have like a like a emotional response to this question but like I I'm also an Aquarius, so I like get stuck in my head of like, I need to like think through how I feel yes. about this to really understand how I feel about it and then to yeah. be able to feel it like mm -hmm. properly. But just the whole idea of, you know, decisions should come from like a place of like equilibrium and like being able to objectively look at like the highs and the lows of the situation and be like, okay, yeah, like that's what I should do. Um, and then that being the sacral kind of um, 
strategy uh, mm-hmm. of generators makes all the sense to me. Yeah. Okay. Love it. I'm glad that it <laughs> that it's resonating and makes sense. Um, yeah, because emotional authority yeah. is it's just it's a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, and I've yeah, definitely. Lance, I think I can count on like one hand the number of times I've been like indecisive about something. And those moments have been really like, I'm like, who, what is going on? Like, (laughs) I I always know exactly like what I need to do and like what the answer is. And it, yeah, it's always very, very clear, gut, sudden, yes or no. Um, Love it. Yeah. And, and it's really, I mean, those moments when I don't know, it's mm. usually a no, you know, cause it's not like that, that full body. Yes. But, um, right. yeah. And leaning into that more and learning not to, and even before I knew human design, just kind of becoming more comfortable with myself, learning not to like hold back from that and not speak what I'm mm. feeling directly in the moment and realizing that me doing that actually allows other people to come to their conclusions as well. So when I have like, like right when you asked us, um, you know, how we feel, like I was going to speak immediately, but I was like, let me give like Keely a second to like process. But because I know, I don't know, it's just like, it's, it's gut, it's a very sudden reaction. And I've learned that that actually helps usually bridge conversations or help other people come to conclusions as well. So. Yes. Oh, I love that too, because that is so true. Like you being able to offer your clarity, it's, it's supportive of other people around you too. So I love that you noted that. Yeah. Um, Would you mind touching briefly? I feel like whenever people are like saying what their um, like type is they always mention Mm. their profile um the two numbers would you just you don't have to go through what they all mean but um just kind of like what that represents or like why that's an important distinction yeah definitely so our profile in human design is um sometimes like correlated with our energetic personality and it's always made up of two numbers and the first number in our profile has to do more with our mind and like our internal experience of our own energy. And then the second number in our profile has to do more with our body and um, how the external world receives us and kind of like how we move through the world. And so there's, there's six possible numbers and each of those numbers is associated with a different um, energy or like an archetype. So the first line, the one line is the investigator The two line is the hermit. The three line is the heretic. The four line is the opportunist. The five is the martyr. And the six is the role model. And so there's like, there's 12 different um, combinations that you could possibly have in terms of the profiles. And um, I definitely feel like profile is one of the aspects of my design that just like, felt so resonant and so supportive and like answered a lot of existential questions that I had about myself. Mm. So it's, it's really fun to, um, in, in readings with people, be able to go deeper into the profile for sure. Do we have the same one, Keely? What's yours? No, I'm laughing because you're like your second number, you're like external, how other people perceive you as the heretic. 
Mm. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> no, you're one three and I'm four six. Okay. Wait, wait. Say it again. Which one's one three? And one, which one's four six? Emily's one, one three, three. three as a sacral okay. generator, and I'm four okay. six as emotional. Got it. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So just to give like a little bit of context about each of those. So for the one three, that's the investigator, martyr. And so I also, I don't love these like names sometimes because we already associate them with things that have a different meaning than what it means in the system of human design. Um, But basically in human design, that three energy, that martyr energy basically just means that you are a being who learns so much more from experimentation and trial and error. Um, And the one line means that you love to go really, really deep and yeah, investigate and learn everything that there is to learn about a certain topic and a a certain um, area of life basically. And so when those two energies come together, it creates kind of this energy of um, like an establisher of knowledge and truth. And so for you, it's really, really supportive, nourishing, like aligned with your purpose when you're able to become like a deep, rich content expert in a certain area. And you're able to really give yourself opportunities to, yeah, just test things out, try them, fail, learn again, iterate on them and offer your deep wisdom from your learning and also your life experience, um, offer it up to establish new wisdom and knowledge for others and for yourself. Um, And as the four, six profile, Mm -hmm. um, the four line, the opportunist, that basically just means that you are like, I know, I'm like, the the (laughs) words, they carry a meaning from our experiences. Yeah, it's kind of like, like, design, it's it's different than that. It's kind of like the astrological archetypes, like, You know, we have yeah. preconceived notions of the archetypes, but they aren't necessarily what they truly are. They're core. Yeah. And same with the Enneagram and the Myers-Briggs, all of yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so basically that, that, that term opportunist in, in the human design context just means that you are a natural networker, that you're a social being, that so much of your life experiences, your connections, your opportunities are going to come from people that you personally know. Like you're not someone who is going to be great with like cold applications for jobs or um, like cold emails, like everything in your life that is going to be supportive and connective is going to come through your personal relationships. You're a relationship person. Um, that and be then, a re- sorry, could that oh, be a yeah. reason? Um, I feel like every time I talk to people about human design, they think I'm a projector and I mm. thought I would be a projector too. Could that be like at play? Potentially. I mean, okay. <laughs> related <laughs> to the projector, what really makes um, projectors, I guess, uh, distinct in how their energy shows up is in terms of their ability to really like see into other people and like provide that kind of like guidance and wisdom and clarity and advice and support. And so that is a relational um, type of Mm -hmm. energetic offering. Um, And so I could kind of see that, you know, that thread there for sure. Um, And oh yes. So we were talking about the four being that 
natural networker. Um, your opportunities come through your network kind of energy. And then the six, the role model um, is all about having this clear and deep connection to how you are able to, um, yeah, show up as a mentor and a leader in the world. And people who have a six in their profile have that role model line have probably often, you know, even from the time that you were very small, received, um, you know, feedback from adults or um, other people in your life that you were kind of like an old soul and wise and just knew things that no one had ever really taught you or explained to you, but you just knew them at a deep core, like intuitive level. Um, sixes though, with that role model energy, you also have a have a heavy um, lean towards having very high expectations, being a perfectionist. Um, and so exploring how to cultivate more of a healthy and um, empowering relationship with that dynamic, because that is a superpower, like being able to produce things at a high level, being able to um, be really proficient in the things that you do. But sometimes having that energy can be restrictive because we might um, hold ourselves back or always feel like we have to get more certifications and um, that we need to always be pushing ourselves to do more and more and more without embracing um, all of the wisdom and all the magic that you already contain and allowing that to be enough to really guide you forward in, in your process. Um, I also have a six line in my profile. So like, I know this one well, um, but for all sixes, um, part of your journey, like part of your karmic process is that you are actually becoming that, that role model and that leader that you were really craving as a little kid who had this deep wisdom and understanding of the world and was like looking for adults who are doing things in a, in, in, in integrity and like in mm. a role model oriented way, you're becoming that person. Um, so yeah. Wow. <laughs> it feels amazing. <laughs> yeah. Listen folks, if your spiritual modality doesn't bring up childhood wounds in a really clear way, then <laughs> you need to find a new one. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. Um, wow. I'm sure human design is a part of this, but mm. to kind of bring it full circle, um, we talked a lot about tuning in and listening to your intuition, yeah. um, listening to your gut. So for you personally, um, how do you feel that shows up in your life? What's What are things that you do to connect with your intuition or even what does that mean for you to be in touch with your intuition? Yeah, I love this question. And so for me, there's definitely elements of my human design that have felt really supportive in um, just kind of like validating and affirming certain aspects of my intuition um, from a physical like bodily level. And then there's other things where um, I think I was kind of like talking about this a little bit earlier too, is just tuning into certain signs and synchronicities and um, kind of outside support that I feel that I believe is like really connected to my guides, my spirit team, like the universe showing up and supporting me. So within my human design, I do have emotional authority 
And so that is the place where I, you know, I'm consistently like building that stronger relationship with my solar plexus to tune into when I've come to that like cool, calm, neutral resonance about decision-making specifically. Um, Another aspect of our human design is um, it's called cognition or like our strongest sense uh, within our bodies. And for me, my strongest sense is feeling. And if also like if people are um, like to think about the like the clairs as it relates to intuition, like we often talk about being clairvoyant, but there's also um, clairaudient, audient, like you hear things or um, clairsentient, like you feel things. And so for me, I, in, um, in human design, my strongest sense is feeling. And I physically feel um, sensations. I'll, I'll get like tingling feelings. And it's kind of interesting because I'm learning to tune into it more and more, like very currently, um, because I'll get different kinds of sensations. Like I'll get tingling like in the center of my back versus tingling on my arms versus like a sensation in my chest. And I'm like, what does this mean? Like, what are these things indicating? (laughs) Um, And really trying to parse out um, what that means for me. But usually like if I'm getting tingling on my arms, I'll call that like my truth bumps. I'm like, yes, this resonates. Like this is deeply Uh. true for me. Um, And so those are, yeah, kind of tuning into my emotional authority. My feeling sense are really the key places where I'm tuning in from that more bodily level. Um, And then in terms of signs and synchronicities, like when things show up for me three times, that has been a big indicator that I've used in the past in terms of um, just something that I really need to pay more attention to because I don't believe that it's an accident that something shows up that many times. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Got it, universe. Okay. Um, And then the other thing is I have a number that I really resonate with that shows up for me all the time um, in different like codes for things or um, I'm trying to think about like examples of when I'll just receive like a confirmation number for something or someone texts me and their phone number like has this in it, but it's, it's 37. And sometimes it shows up twice. It's 3737. Um, and I like receive that as confirmation and validation of something being like supportive or being correct for me. Um, so those are, those are really some of my key elements mm. that I tune into. Wow. Thank you. Amazing. Um, at least where, if people want to, learn more what are some trusted resources or um places they can go to kind of like read up on stuff yes and so um if folks are interested in learning a bit more about human design from me um you can actually visit my website bemoreconnected.net and sign up for the email newsletter And the freebie that you'll receive once you sign up for the newsletter is access to a five-day challenge that I hosted last summer. And so it's recorded content um, and it comes with a workbook as well um, to support you with understanding the key elements of your human design chart. So we go into type, strategy, authority, the five, or sorry, the nine energy centers and, 
also talk about um, how to put those things together and create some tangible kinds of action steps within your own life. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at b.more.connected. Uh, and lastly, I was like, what is the other thing I wanted to share? Oh, the Facebook group. So yeah. um, there's a Facebook group um, and you can just search human design for visionary change makers and Whoa. join the Facebook group there. I'm actually going to be hosting another five day challenge um, the first week of February. That's going to be all about um, understanding your human design to support you with connecting in with more soulful abundance. And that's going to be hosted in the Facebook group. So for people who want to join in for that, definitely. Um, yeah. Wow. We'd love to see you in the Facebook group. Oh my ah, gosh. That's so generous. I love all of this. <laughs> I'm joining everything. I'm following everything right now. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Thank you so much. This was, wow. Honestly, life-changing. <laughs> so glad. And it's just so fun. Like I've never had an experience of talking to someone about human design where they were like, nah, that ain't me. That's right. really never happened. Like, right. Everyone is like blown away. And I'm like, wow, this is so fun. Seriously. I mean, we say that with astrology when we're reading people's yeah. charts. It's like, 100%. I'm like, I shouldn't be this surprised at this point that it's this accurate. But every time I'm still like, wow, this is real. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Well, I remember when I first pulled up my body graph, I, or I was like reading different things and I was like, I don't know, this, is this an aligning or like making as much sense as astrology does? But mm. I remember being like, but I, I trust that. I mean, this is rooted in astrology and a hundred other things. So I, I trust that when I do fully understand it, it will make more sense to me than I could have imagined. Sure. And yes, that's a thing that is tricky about human design too. It's like, it really does take a lot of dissecting. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we had the chance to have this conversation and, oh my gosh, and get yeah. that conversation going. Oh, Definitely. Thank you so much, Elise. We'll put everything down in the show notes for people to follow and connect and sign up and work with you. Thank you so much again for your time. Yes, yes thank absolutely. You. Thank you guys.